Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast where real moms have conversations about real life issues of parenting. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics and to continue these conversations through our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where you can become part of our community. Today's topic is called Being Outnumbered. And here to share her stories about parenting is my beautiful friend, Renee Monte. Hi, Renee. Hi, Lisa. I'm so glad you can come on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. This is exciting. I know. So our topic today is called, drum roll, being outnumbered. And I think you know why I asked you <laughs> to come on the show. Uh, yes, indeed, I do. <laughs> yes, because not only do you have four kids, but you have two sets of twins. And, and how far apart are those twins? They are 14 months apart, almost to the day. Yeah, you know, my son, I was telling him we were going to do a show with you on it. And he, he was very funny because, wait, 14 months? So how old were the twins? <laughs> First round. <laughs> And yeah, then the math gets a little, little sticky in there, doesn't it? It does. It gets, it gets a little tricky. <laughs> well, not only did we not expect them, but they were also born early. So it was, it was interesting. Being pregnant, if we, if we can go back a little bit, for you was not an easy feat. The first time around when you had the first twins, it took you years to get pregnant, it, right? Yeah, it was four years. Four years it took over. I stopped counting fertility treatments at 13 Oh God. Um, yeah, it was. And I, I had wanted to end and not do it anymore. I had adoption paperwork all filled out. I was ready to go. And then one morning I just woke, let's do this one more time. I have one more in me and let's go. And it took a lot and they did a lot. Um, they knew it was my last time, took every precaution to try and make it happen. And I don't know if it was one of those or if it was pure luck or if it was just time, but here they were. They came. Yeah. And you got and you got two. So that was that was awesome. Oh but then and we were months, very happy. Yeah. And then a few months later, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Right? It was yeah, a total was, surprise. It really was. I was trying to lose weight and you know, the things had just started to like, you know, soft up and start, you know, pounds started coming off. And then all of a sudden my stomach got real hard again. And I was like, what's going on? And it was getting bigger. I'm going, what is happening here? I'm trying to eat less. I'm trying to exercise. And finally, someone just said, take a pregnancy test. And I said, I can't get pregnant. They told me that it is impossible for me to get pregnant. I don't even have the correct organs to make it happen. Oh, go take a pregnancy test. So I took, and there it was, as dark as day, a, a positive sign. And not only with one, but two. With another two. So somebody another actually two. said, that is a dark line. Yes. I bet you have another <laughs> set of twins. And I said, don't you dare say that. Oh, my and gosh. I didn't was. realize the darker the line, the like more of them were in there. You know, I, at that point, I wasn't sure how long I had been pregnant for. But I figured I must have just, I must have just. How did yeah, you even get so, out of the house alone with four kids? So this was fun. So <laughs> this was interesting. The, the big girls were walking at that point. They okay. were, you know, they were 14 months. They, they were walking. Um, and we walk a lot. It, you know, we lived in Brooklyn and you walk everywhere. So walking for them was no big deal. 
I did have a double stroller, but I usually just walked then because it was just easier for me to get in and out of stores because a double stroller doesn't fit in a store in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So when the minis were born, we literally, I had the big girls on leashes while we walked <laughs> because, and I felt so bad. And I know that sounds horrible, but it was, da- it was dangerous because it was just me. And mm-hmm. I thought, if they take off, if what do I do? Do I chase right. the one that's taking off? Do I, I can't run fast enough with this carriage with two of them in it and a third one on the side. So I did have a system where one would sit on the front of this because the minis were so small that they mm-hmm. didn't even take up half the, <laughs> half the, um, the stroller. So one would sit in the front and then I had that like stand on thing in the back. But right. I still, I was so afraid of them taking off and me not being able to get to them fast enough or because I have the stroller and then who do I leave behind and who's who's, you know, in more danger. So that was that was really hard. So that was one of the reasons why we had to leave Brooklyn, because it was just so hard to get around. And mm-hmm. if I didn't have somebody else with me. If I had someone else with me, the girls just walked. You know, it was it was not a big deal. And mm-hmm. if I could, I also had these great carriers from Australia that you can oh. put on your back, on your side, on your... So I used to have one on either side of me or one in the front and one in the back oh of, my the, goodness. of the minis. And then the big girls would, you know, just be able to hold my hand and walk. But that was exhausting. So if, yeah. we going, like, if we were going to the park down the block, not a big deal. I would do it. But if we had to walk, you know, a mile to the doctor's office or to the grocery store or wherever we were going, then it was, then it was a big, it was a big to do. I'm exhausted, like listening to that, <laughs> to be honest. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could just picture you with like them hanging from either side of you. Like it was, it was quite the show. It was, uh, I got a lot of looks and a lot of questions. You are, you're definitely a super mom for sure. You, you, you get what you get and you, you just handle it. You just, now you also had some systems for like bedtime because, you know, I, I, I'm a good bedtime fail. Like I did all the things to get my kids to bed and make sure they, they're in bed by eight and the tucking in and all this stuff. But, um, you know, my kids are up way late now. They put me to bed. So I don't think I did that right. But you had four. And, and I remember talking to you and you had a system. You had it down. <laughs> we, we did. Well, we were actually very, very, very lucky. The big girls were sleeping through the night six weeks and eight weeks. So they were like, they they were literally, they were dream children. Mm -hmm. Um, I could tell you that if the minis were born first, the big girls never would have happened. You ever, (laughs) but um, the big girls were such dream little babies. And we were, we were shocked at how well things were working and how smooth things were going and how easy it was. And I was sleeping from 10 at night to six in the morning. It was, it was amazing. Wow. So when the minis came home, because the minis were in, after I had them, they were in the hospital for um, over six weeks. So by the time they came home, it was nice to kind of settle in at home and have Mm -hmm. somebody else taking care of them for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Slept with me for a while because I didn't want them to wake up, not not like in a bassinet next to the bed, because I didn't want them waking up, waking up the big girls. But then I, I just, I knew I wanted them on the same schedule. Fortunately, after about three weeks of being home, the minis cried for 24 hours a day, seven oh. days a week, for about two months from the from 
from November to January 1st. Oh and I remember goodness. the exact day that they stopped crying. <laughs> we were upstate and they were getting fresh air and they, we were out of Brooklyn and they just stopped crying out of nowhere. So um, for two months straight, they cried. So for that two months, I have to, it was really hard. And I did get help at that point. We mm-hmm. got a nanny to come and help from around 11 o'clock or after bath time, I would I would just hand them off to her? I would just say, you know, take them, just take them. Oh, and I have yeah. to get out of here. I have to go get out. I have to go downstairs and shut the door and sleep. I have to, you know, whatever it was I had to do. And I used to spend time with the big girls. So the first two months of them being home, I was a mess. I was a total and complete and utter wreck. And they were not happy. And after mm-hmm. that, I knew, I knew, knew, knew more than anything that I wanted them to be on the same schedule. Mm-hmm. So. As mean as it was, I forced them to be on the same schedule. When those big girls went to bed, the minis went to bed. When the big girls woke up in the morning, the minis woke up in the morning. I would wake them up. I would let them cry it out at night to make sure that they learned how to go to bed. I would wake them up when the big girls got up so they would get into this rhythm. When they napped, I made the minis nap. Mm. I knew that I could not do four different schedules and survive. No, that, that you was, need a that, break. You know, yeah, yeah, I knew I needed that. Um, to, yeah, to really to be able to survive. So mm-hmm. I got them all in the same schedule. And after after some work, it, it was hard. It finally kicked in. And they yeah. all started sleeping, napping on the same schedule and, and going to bed at night on the same schedule and waking up on the same schedule and eating at the same schedule. And it just doubt. And we were able to get back into our lives and, mm-hmm. you know, start our normal I mean, you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. You, and especially you can't listen in that to anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you have to, and your kids are beautiful and fine. And it sounds like that was so beneficial because then you could have downtime and then be the mom you wanted to be versus never sleeping and just following every single routine of each individual child. Right. Yeah, I, I yeah, I had to be in charge. I, mm-hmm. I had to. And, it, you know, yeah, you know, and, and that's what it comes down to. Whether you have one or you have 15, you have to do what is best for mm-hmm. your family. No matter if mm-hmm. someone says, oh, you make them cry it out. You're a horrible parent. Oh, yep. oh you, you know, you let them sleep with you. You're a horrible parent. Whatever. Make yeah. your life smoother and keep going and, you know, and to have a, have a normal life after kids, not normal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the correct word or not, but you know, (laughs) just, just have fun and an exciting life and to be able to enjoy your kids. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I really was able to do. I got to really enjoy all my time with them. And and that's, what's so great. I feel like about hearing like in this podcast and the other podcasts I've been doing is hearing people's stories because there are so many different ways to do something and it really depends on your family. And I, and I think there's so many people who want to give advice, right. Um, yeah. To say, do it this way, but this way would never work in your, especially your scenario. Right. So right. it's so nice to hear stories of other ways that we can just listen to and that were successful. That was successful for you. Might not be successful for somebody else, but it was definitely right. successful. So and, that's it, and it was, and it, and it was hard. It was not an easy <laughs> task. Those first, <laughs> that first, like, you know, 
letting them cry it out you know no one wants to do that no no parent is like i love hearing my kids scream all night long you know like want to go in you want to comfort them you want to do those things but i i knew what i wanted in the long run and i knew what i had to do to get there so i had to cry it out a little bit i never had to do that with the big girls they Mm -hmm. they just went to bed (laughs) they just went which is gold and i have to tell you it doesn't normally happen (laughs) yeah it doesn't when you know what kind of parent you want to be you know what you can handle you know what you want out of your life and Mm -hmm. like what kind of life you want to have then you just have to make sure that you the best way to make that happen now now that they're older because they're older they're tweens right they are Um, you so with tweens like there's a whole nother you know you got the sleep and you got them all set with that but now we're into life yep, four girls a lot of hormones um a lot of raging hormones yeah how is it now that they're older i mean how do you even deal with like activities and the drama and things like that you know they're all very different although they're you know the big girls are, are fraternal twins and the minis are um identical they were actually mono mono twins, which is is mm-hmm. pretty interesting. They are as close as close can be, but personalities are all very different. Sometimes it's really difficult to not compare, but what works for one or what I say to one that to make them feel better may not make the other one feel better. Mm-hmm. Like that's some kind of advice. So it's yeah. kind of just playing around and trying to figure out what works for each one because the big girls are in middle school and we all know middle school drama. The bullying, the, the the back and forth of friends, who's friends with who, who's leaving the group, who's, you know, I mean, all in all, I have to say, I'm I'm, re- I'm so proud of the girls that they are. That I get that compliment a lot. That my girls are so sweet. They say thank you. They say please. They're always very helpful. So that makes me feel good. Yeah, that's so I, one of the best compliments. Yes, exactly. So, but when it comes to the drama, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is all new to me because this is the last year, it wasn't as much because they were, they were kind of quarantined in school. Mm -hmm. um, So they didn't venture out as much, but this year it's, it's been tough. It's been, you know, just trying to figure out and remember what it was like in middle school, you know, and and telling them, you know, I warned you that friends would leave and come and go and you're all going to grow up at different times you know you're all going to experience things at different times and then but middle school stinks when it comes to social issues you know uh, you know when they're sad you're sad you know so Mm -hmm. when they come home and they're crying over a friend or whatever the case may be you know you just start crying and then and then you feel bad because then you're like well no this is okay you know this Mm -hmm. this is normal this is okay it's fine to feel this way. And then they're like, well, what, why are you crying? I'm like, cause yeah. I feel bad because you're crying and I'm a crier. I cry for every, so all those they, hormones they, in your house. They, of course I, you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do feel, I do feel like the, the whole middle school. So you're really in it this middle school. Um, but the whole middle school is really tough. And, and I find it is really hard not to jump in the drama with them. I yes. always try to, I try not to like, you know, if a friend and, you know, if my daughter and their friend aren't getting along, all of a sudden you're like, wow, why are you not getting, you know, like, what did yep. you do? You know, like you want to get all in that. And then you're yes. like, 
I don't even like who I become that I like, I have to take a step back and go, okay, whoa, right? Like, this is a listening moment, mom, you know, yeah, not a, like I'm going in, but you just have this protective reaction, right? To your kid. Yes. And, yes. and so and I always feel so bad when I get mad at another kid for not I being know. nice to mine. And I'm like, wait a minute, but this is normal. This is normal. They're 12. They're that's like right. they're supposed to do this. That that's how they learn how to negotiate. Friends leave, they make up. They, I mean, that's such a learning process, even though it's so hard, right? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That middle school is definitely a changer because I feel like in middle school is they're 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 physically changing so much, right? Yep. They're yeah, mentally changing so much. And then people are a little bit more like wanting to try different things that maybe they weren't doing before. Right. So exactly. there's so much change that occurs and, and there's a lot of decisions to be made at, at that age. Right. So, but yeah, so it, it's tough at middle school. Middle school is tough. I don't know if it's tougher than having two sets of twins, but it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to say, you know, when they were, and I don't want to scare anyone, it doesn't get easier. It just gets different. Yeah, I think that's with all parenting, right? With yeah, no matter how many exactly do. doesn't get yeah. easier, it just gets different because now there's just there's so many more players also usually involved, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very easy to take out their outfits and get them dressed in exactly what I wanted in the morning, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and get them out of the house and pack what I needed and leave and do what I had to do all day long. Now it's you know they're who you know who has what and who wants to wear this and who's fighting mm-hmm. over this and where does everybody have to go and be and and i think one thing you said earlier was that you know you needed to have the control right and as they right. get older we lose that control as you much do. as you know and and that's i think that's hard because no one tells us you know you still feel like you should have the control like you know, yep. you're under my roof, we're doing these things, but you don't as they get older. And and that's also hard. I think you lose that. You, you do. You definitely lose it. And, uh, and you don't want to, you don't want to fight with your kids all day long. What, what has a day? I'm like, well, it was fine until three 30 when I had everybody home. And, <laughs> and then all <laughs> I did was, you know, clean up your messes and, and make sure your homework is finished and get ready for, you know, whatever sport you're playing. And, and I feel, just feel like I'm so tired of listening to myself talk by the end of the day mm-hmm. that, um, <laughs> that by the time he gets home, I'm like, leave me alone. I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to talk to, I don't even want to listen to my own voice anymore. I'm, I'm, done. I'm done. I know. I, myself. I, I absolutely hate like nagging. I'm not, I, I'm not a yeller. That's just not in my nature. And I, and I hate nagging. And like, you know, even getting ready for school and getting them out the door, I'm like, you know, guys, leave it in five minutes, leave it in two yeah. minutes, you know, like I'm always like yelling. And now yes. like lately with phones and stuff, my kids have phones. So I honestly will call <laughs> call them or text them now because I'm like, <laughs> leave it because I just am so sick of like yelling, you know, I don't want to yell and they know it's not like me. So I'm like, okay, leaving in five minutes, mom's out the door, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah. we need to do or come on down, you know, so <laughs> things like that. Yeah. So the phones come in handy sometimes. It, you know, I just, my, my girls don't have phones yet. We were trying to wait for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and I just said, you know, to my husband last weekend, I said, we really have to start, we have to start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. on so many different levels, there, it's just, they're in too many different places for me to be like, and they, you know what, they get by fine with it. They, they yeah. borrow their friends' phones to call. They call from the school. I, you know, wh- wherever they are, they, I said, you can always find a phone somewhere. You can, 
you know, mm-hmm. and they have their gizmo watches. So I can oh, trace, yeah. so they can you know, them. I can track them. I can call them, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. They, that's, that's been another social issue that turned mm-hmm. into these dang phones. And even my fifth graders, someone asked me today, they were like, what is their messaging number? Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't have a phone number. They're, they're, they're 11. They're in fifth grade. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I re- like I'm crazy. <laughs> I remember that time period because that was like when like, do you get a phone? You know, there's yep. there's so much of this like phones are bad, you know, or too young to have one or they'll lose it or whatever it is. But yeah, in a, in middle school, I think was our big changeover of like saying, OK, they need to definitely have something because, you know, we needed to get in contact with them, you know, right. for whatever their activities were or whatever. And and I don't really know why, honest. Remember the teacher saying in middle school that like phones, it's too early, you know? Yes. Yes. They told and... us the same thing. Wait till eight. <laughs> Wait till and... eight was the concept. Yes. Yes. And and it was too late for me because I had already gotten them. <laughs> <laughs> so just FYI. Um, but I think once again, that's all about knowing your children and what your needs are as a family. I know there's a lot of families that are separated and kids bounce back and forth and they get phones really right. early on because they really need them. The watches so I could track them. But yeah, socially, yeah. it's it's been tough. And, you know, we were at a lacrosse game, a tournament last weekend, and one of my girls was kind of pushed away from the group because they started this lacrosse text messaging uh, the group, app, yes. and everybody had a number, and everyone was part of it, and she was the only player on the team without a phone, and they kind of slowly, like, edged her out of the group, mm-hmm. and she's standing there, and I'm going, oh my god, like, now now I'm, I'm mentally torturing my children. Now, mm-hmm. now... Like, and is this why I get a phone? Is this why I cave? Right, the peer pressure of getting a phone. Yes. At least you're going to get a family plan. I bet when four phones, you'll get a family plan. <laughs> they, better, they better hook us up big time. Let me something. Yeah. They got to you know, help me out here a little bit. But that's the other thing. Do we really need our kids walking around with a $700 phone? I'm like, where's the old flip phones? Like, can we get them like the, the grandma phones with the big numbers? Well, my mom, does- my mom has one and they made well- her upgrade. So you're not going to find the flip phone. She's like my flip phone (laughs) i just want a phone where they can they can text and they can call you know all that stress all that you know it's those are such small moments and and the hard times are such small moments in time that you know what would you say though then would be like what do you absolutely love about having like a bigger family well i love uh, definitely the support for each other Mm. i you know, as much as they will fight like sisters, I have seen them stick up for each other, ask each other questions. Um, you know, one of them had gotten their period and one hasn't, but things are starting to happen. And mm-hmm. I hear her calling the big girl, the, the other sister in her twin in to ask her questions, you know, oh, and that's, that's really so nice. sweet. And I think because it's, it's all girls. We yeah. are super close. So even mm-hmm. at 12, my girls are still coming to me to tell me every little thing that happens to them. You know, they get in the car and they're like, bah, 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 bah. they know each other's friends. They stick up for each other. Mm. You know, even the little ones I mean, know what's going on with the mm-hmm. big girls with friends and stuff. And they'll stick up for them, too. They'll, you know, they'll I, I had told them a long time ago and I remind them of this often that the best gift I ever could have given them 
was each other. Oh, because there's yeah. nothing like sisters. I mean, like sisters don't always get along. So it's here. It's so nice to hear that yours are so close. They are. And they, and they let me tell you, they fight. They definitely <laughs> fight. And I just sit back and watch and I go, you know, when somebody bleeds, let me know and I'll put an end to this. <laughs> so I let them fight. I let them work it out. That's a great thing too. learning how to work it out with your sisters who are always going to love you. And, you know, no matter what plays a role in your life, you know, mm-hmm. how to, how to deal with friends, how to deal with bosses, how to deal with coaches, you know, that's just another yeah. tool to help you get through your life. But I tell them all the time, I go, no matter what, you can be on the other side of the world and your sisters will be there for you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, just keep sticking together. So and that's... I love that because, you know, I have a, a boy and a girl, right? So it's a little different of a relationship. They, my two are, are very different from each other. They're both very kind and loving and good natured kids, but they both like the total opposite things, you know, right? Like I have a gamer who loves like video games and things like that. And then I have one that's like, can't stop dancing and singing everywhere, you know, very <laughs> different. Um, but what I found like, especially in COVID, um, these two, they always got along. I wouldn't say like they were like the best friends, but they never, they didn't really fight. They just, you know, they just were very different. And in COVID, when we were like locked down for a while, they became like, good friends and and it continued and it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because you know now they ask each other advice on things which is so cute because they're very different and I the other day both of them had a bad day they both came home both had a horrible day um and I went upstairs you know to say goodnight you know because they were I was going to bed (laughs) they weren't (laughs) anyway I was saying goodnight because I was going to bed and they were both in their one room together, you know, just sitting on the bed and talking about their day and just like giving advice to each other. And I just walked out of there and just like tapped my shoulder and said, yeah, good mom, because yeah. that was the best thing, the best thing. That was amazing. And yeah. that I don't think moms do enough. Give that, credit. That you're, <laughs> yeah. Give yourself credit. Yeah. yeah. Your kids are healthy and well and okay yeah. at the end of the day. You know, celebrate that. Yeah. Give that a boy. That a boy. Pat <laughs> yeah, yourself on the back. Exactly. I mean, it, it wasn't like that came out of thin air. That was no. their upbringing, you know. That's, yeah. And that was amazing. And just yeah. like your girls, they are good kids and they have each other's back. And that's because you did that. And that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. When, when they're playing you know, their favorite sport or one's riding a horse or, you know, one of them's trying out for the school musical and she's just so excited and you, uh, there's nothing better than watching Mm -hmm. them, you know, watching them do those things and enjoying it and having fun, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what you really want. So Renee, for other parents out there that are listening, um, is there anything that you want to like any message or anything that you want to leave for them today? Yes. Figure out what type of parent you want to be and what like what type of life you want to have and then create that the best way possible for you and your family. Take advice with a grain of salt. You know, don't take anything to heart and do what is best for you. You will Uh always get these opinions and these recommendations and these you should do this and you should do that. Just do what's best for you and your family. And and that's what's that's what will work. A mom's yep. gut 
a mom's gut is always right. So go I, with your I gut. Agree. Do what's best for, for you guys and, and you will be fine. Go with your gut. I love that. Huge. And I think a lot of moms out there will question, especially newer moms that, you know, yes. it's their first time around. And the answer is if you're going with your gut and what you think is right, it will be. Right? Yes, absolutely. Renee, thank you so much sharing all your stories. But I love that you really stuck to who you are and what your family needed. And that's why they're these four beautiful ladies that are so beautiful and kind because of all the work that you put in behind the scenes there. Well, thank you, Lisa. Like you said, we have to pat ourselves on the back more often, right? So hopefully all the moms pat themselves on their back after they listen to this. Thank you for listening to today's episode and come join us on our Facebook page, Real Life Moms, where we can continue sharing our stories about parenting and giving each other a pat on the back for raising our beautiful children. Don't forget to follow Real Life Moms so you don't miss an episode.